You're listening to the Empowered Equestrian Podcast. So do you have the things you want out of life? In this episode, I chat with my friend, Ashley Kendall. She's an amazing equestrian mental skills and performance coach and a dressage rider. And through her personal stories, she shares with you what it means to get what you want in life and how to get what you want in life. And it's one word, courage. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Teal Shoup, and you're about to empower your equestrian life with this podcast. I'm an adult amateur rider, the CEO of global innovator Sterling Essentials, and I'm passionate about loving horses and being an equestrian on my own terms. If you're a wanting more rider but thinks our equestrian world can be better, is curious, is a little frustrated with the conventions of the equestrian industry, this podcast is for you. If you're looking for what empowers and builds you up as an equestrian rather than tears you down, this podcast is for you. Journey with me and my guests from all walks of equestrian life to hear the conversations, wisdom, and stories that will help you become an empowered equestrian. And when you're in an empowered equestrian, you become present in even more meaningful ways to yourself, your horse, and your equestrian community. And then together, we will help our equestrian community thrive. I'm glad you're here. Okay, so hey, everybody, welcome back for another great episode. This one I'm I'm super excited about. It's on a topic that I think is um, near and dear to everyone's hearts. It's a very personal topic, obviously, and I'm excited to have Ashley Kendall here with me from all the way from New Zealand, on the other side of the world from me, basically in Oregon, in the U.S. And um, she, I think, is just going to start off by telling us a little bit about herself and what all is going on in her life and her background in writing, because it's going to be super appropriate to what we chat about today. Thank you for having me on. Um, you know, I'm so grateful that you asked me to come on. So. That's really cool. And um, yeah, so I started riding actually on this little island called the Chatham Islands, which is 800 kilometers off Christchurch, New Zealand. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there's a population of 700 people. So it's tiny, oh, wow. tiny, tiny. tiny island. <laughs> and I just have to say, so it's not like New Zealand is a huge place and island it to begin with so when you say tiny like that's probably not how I think about tiny like you mean tiny tiny <laughs> yeah I mean New Zealand's already tiny to you guys so <laughs> no this is like really really small um wow. so I actually like my mom rode when she was a kid so mm. when we moved over there um we I started riding my first horse was this um ex race horse oh my <laughs> um and I was probably about seven or eight wow um so yeah I started like in a really you know grassroots I guess you could call it um so how background. long was this horse off the track like pretty fresh um, off the track no oh, okay I don't I'm not sure how old she would have been. She was okay. pretty much just like a farm hack. Um, okay. when she came off track. So yeah, I'm not sure. Well, exactly. I was like, dang, your mom was like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Put her on so a racehorse. She, she was a really chill 
thoroughbred. Cool. Um, yeah, I actually, it's crazy. I don't even know how old she was or anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that she had raced and she hadn't really done anything else. So um, yeah, it's kind of funny to think that was my first horse. Yeah. Uh, and then we uh, moved back to like, quote unquote, New Zealand. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the islands are New Zealand, but the mainland. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was actually kind of a hard journey because I got, uh, when we came back, um, we lived in a town near Auckland mm-hmm. um, and I got this pony, you know, my parents couldn't afford that much. So I got, I think she was like an $800 pony um, and she was, you know, we had her on trial and she seemed great uh, as the story goes. <laughs> and, she wasn't that great um, oh no, <laughs> yeah. oh, no. Um, and I ended up I'm not actually sure how long I had her for but I ended up having quite a hard accident of her mm. um I actually like degloved all my gum off the jaw um because I came first off her and then I actually did get back riding her again and then she bucked me off I broke my elbow so um, okay. I, I'm already like a I wouldn't like I would say yeah I, I was on the anxious side anyway mm. being a kid and then um so getting like riding like I loved love 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 loved horses but it was quite a hard thing for me um and then I ended up with this really amazing pony Misty uh and she she was just so cool she started out like I was really afraid and I was basically like back on the lead rein I was like 10 at the time um and she was just so chill so lovely like went at my own pace and then by the end of the season I was full wire hunting her um and she was just so cool and like she would the braver you got the more hotter she would get and she was actually quite crazy like in the end like I ended up show jumping her doing everything on her she was just amazing and then my sister ended up with her Mm. and we had her until she died yeah um she's just such a one in a million pony and then I moved on to hacks uh because I was quite a tall kid so I Mm. did move on to hacks quite young yeah um and yeah again like we couldn't afford much so I had to train my own horses and it Mm -hmm. was in I think I was around 15 or 16 I sort of started exploring dressage more because I just the horse I had he was really honest he was so lovely he was also off the track (laughs) (laughs) Um, but he was like really really amazing um not a great jumper like he Mm. could jump small fences okay up to like 80 centimeters but he wasn't you know particularly brave I think I jumped him up to a meter Mm -hmm. um show jumping um and then yeah like I was like way more interested in dressage and so my first dressage horse was an off-the-track thoroughbred that um (laughs) took me a year to get him to canter on the right lead oh boy (laughs) It was the blind leading the blind. It really was. Um, But just such an honest horse. And I got him through, um, competed him at elementary level, which Mm. we caught like level three. 
I think it's probably similar to your level three. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, had him like schooling the half passes and stuff. Didn't quite get the flying changes. Um, yeah. And then we sold him um, to buy a younger horse, a yearling, which in the time of her like growing up. So I think I got her when she was one. Wow. And by the time she got to three, I was like, had decided to study at uni and stuff. So I yeah. sold her um, before I broke her in. Um, and then, yeah, took some time off. And then that takes me to like, I guess it's not like modern day, but my present day. Sure, yeah. Um, riding. So then I, I think I had three, maybe four years off riding. Um, and then I was sort of like playing with the idea of getting a horse and not seriously because we lived in an apartment in Auckland city oh, okay. um, and I was a flight attendant. So I was kind of like really wanted a horse, but not really <laughs> sure. And my, um, boyfriend, who's now my husband, but he was my boyfriend at the time. He fully encouraged me to get a horse and I was like you don't want me to get a horse because oh. when I get a horse it's gonna be all about the horse all our money is gonna go on the horse everything I do is gonna be about the horse I'm like I don't think you understand what getting a horse means what a good he, man yeah yeah and he still he still wanted me to buy a horse and mm -hmm. he actually like the horse I ended up with was Geo who I still have yeah and he was like I had sort of a vague budget that I would have for the horse and a uh, four-wheel drive and a float or a trailer, as uh -huh. I think you can call them. Yep. Um, so I spent my whole budget on the horse and I was like, I'll worry about the other stuff later. <laughs> I can hire a float. Like, right. good. We can always walk there. We can yeah, walk where yeah. we need to go. <laughs> and I was like, look, I, I just fell in love with this horse and so... Aww. I was just like, look, if I can't compete for a year, who cares? Right. Um, and as, as it turned out, I didn't compete for a year. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so that takes that. I found Geo. Right, right. And he was a he just turned five, hadn't done a lot. Um, pretty much had been broken in, had done some basic schooling mm -hmm. I would call it like he was just very wobbly you know as a young horse is yeah um and of course like when I went and tried him I hadn't been riding for such a long time well you know Leah like I mean yeah it's long, but it's long enough <laughs> yeah totally like your sea legs start to go pretty fast it's not really fair yeah. it takes so much work to get him good and then they're like oh <laughs> nope we're on vacation <laughs> you really don't understand that until you've mm -hmm. experienced um sure so yeah so I went and tried him and like the guy that had him rode him and I loved him um mm -hmm. and I was like look I'm gonna get on him and like the lady that was there she's like look if you don't canter don't worry about it um you know you can always like catch up as you mm -hmm. go with him and like I fully intended to like have help and stuff so um and like I had ridden to a reasonably high level before I took my break because I'd worked for another dressage rider um, and I'd ridden her horses. So I'd ridden yeah. <clears throat> um, a couple of horses that were around advanced level. Um, so I had like, you know, I did know a little bit. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so I hopped on him 
anyway I loved him ended up cantering he was awesome that was all good bought him and then three months after I bought him he just had a really young horse moment like he's never done it again but he spooked mm. and then he started bucking um and I fell off and broke oh. my pelvis um so I had to take three months off um wow. I had to do a lot of like bed rest in the mm. start I, and it really wasn't great because I I already like I still was quite um nervous anyway or sure. maybe nervous is not the right word but I did have anxiety about stuff going wrong yeah. um and you know it was left over from when I was a kid and mm -hmm. then I had that bad accident when I was a kid um you know so blah 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 you know what it's like <laughs> yep. and so yeah so I had to get and he was like a big moving um very athletic young mm -hmm. horse um so while I was out I had someone else riding him which was really good mm, yeah. Um, yeah and then yeah I got back on him I in the meantime I'd moved from Auckland to the Waikato where mm -hmm. I am still now um and like down here is we have a lot of dairy farming. Um, it's a real sort of farming district. Um, and so of course the grass is really fresh, mm. fertile, like it's good growing country. Um, and so compared to Auckland where the horses are basically kept on dirt. Okay. And so I was a little bit worried because I moved him down to a farm and obviously there's grass and right. we do have a real problem with horses being grass affected sure in New Zealand um and he was actually cool but of course I had to like ride him more on the farm and a little bit of arena work like I still schooled him and stuff yeah but I was just really committed to like him learning how to be a horse mm -hmm. uh, and I spent a lot of time probably I'd say about a year's worth of like groundwork focused work as well as schooling and hacking and stuff um and it really like when I got back on him it was a real time for me when I had to decide I'm gonna push through my confidence issues or it's just gonna get worse and worse um and you know like reflecting back it would have been a good time if I had gone and you know spoken to a psychologist mm. or someone like that and it didn't really cross my mind but if I had my time again that's what I would have done right. but I kind of just had to work through it myself and I'd get on him and I'd be really scared and you know so I'd pretty much cry every day actually <laughs> um oh. and it was a really hard time it was like mm. you know I felt really depressed about it I felt anxious I felt everything um and I just had to set myself little challenges like in this paddock if all I do is trot two steps hmm. that's great so I just set little goals most of the I think I don't think there was any time I only trotted two steps because once I started I was like <laughs> oh great I'm just gonna go and you know I had like my sister really supported me um she rode him a couple of times cantered him up the hills and I could so I could see like he wasn't going to do anything mm -hmm, and yeah. so I just kind of built confidence like really really small steps every day yeah but it really taught me a lot um a lot about myself a lot about like I wasn't actually afraid of the horse but I was afraid that I couldn't handle what the horse would do 
mm. if he did something because he was still you know like he didn't bark again but he was still unpredictable like he would get a fright and he'd leap <laughs> like right yeah leap that way, Just... or he'd like spin and and stuff like that so it was a real catalyst for change for me um amazing and I'm really grateful that I had that experience because I think without it, um, of course, I just planned that I'd get this horse and I'd school him and I'd go and do shows and it mm -hmm. would be amazing and I'd win a lot. <laughs> and like, yes. it did come. Mm -hmm. like we did get, we did get some good wins and stuff, but it was mm -hmm. after I had worked through all this other stuff. Um, Cause I don't think that I actually got him to a show it was it would have been a full year after I got him so yeah so that's and then I ended up with Ruby who I got as a two-year-old she's now rising seven um yeah. so she's seven at the end of the year mm -hmm. and then I got some young other young horses so I've got yeah. Jet who is by the same sire Mm -hmm. as Ruby I got him because I loved Ruby so much I was like I have to <laughs> I have I like to have family <laughs> yeah yeah and like the breeder was oh, the breeder that bred them both they were going to keep Jet and I was like when I saw him I was really annoyed because I thought this is the horse that's going to beat my horse <laughs> so <laughs> I don't want anyone else to have this horse. just like, trying to I control the that. market I see how it is <laughs> oh my gosh you're taking out the competition <laughs> yeah yeah I was like this is a horse I really want <sighs> and then as it turned out like their daughter got more like really seriously into show jumping and they wanted to buy more quality show jumping horses mm. so they were like, okay, we'll sell them that so they out. can fund their show jumpers. Yeah. So the minute that she said that she'd sell them, I was like, I'll come over right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, but I mean, he hasn't been easy either. Like he had a pretty good buck in him. Um, so he, I actually sent him back to the breaker four times because I just, I'd get him back and I'd be like, I'm not quite because I, I did get bucked off him as well. Mm. But I was like, I'm not quite confident. Take him back for another month. Um, yeah. Then he injured us. He had a really bad paddock accident mm. uh, and he needed surgery to fix his leg. Uh, and that was, you know, a good few months off. So again, like I sent him back to the breaker to bring him back into work and he was meant to be there for a month and he was there for two. Uh. <laughs> he was like, even the breaker was like, he is very spicy like yeah uh, you know well, it took I feel like there's a, a theme here you've definitely had I mean a lot of challenging situations and challenging horses even if they didn't maybe like appear that way at first I mean yeah. I think a lot of riders can really relate to this because you know I mean even your older horses the tried and true the been there done that they still have their moments and and yeah things happen I mean yeah. like my guy who I most recently had I mean like I had a crash landing off of him on uh doing you know I was uh doing you know no stirrup November practicing yeah. jumping with him and uh he got excited and was bucking after the jump and I I made it through four of the six bucks he did and off I came on the fourth and I wound up you know um pulling some muscles and cracking a rib you know so yeah, it's like yeah, even was... even the tried and true guys like there's so much like anxiety and confidence issues and stories we tell ourselves as writers and I'm just like listening to everything you're saying I'm like 
wow. I mean, it's yeah. a lot. Yeah. And I think it's something that um, we're talking about more now, mm-hmm. but I know like when I was a kid and I had that first really bad accident, um, you know, and there was, there were falls in between, of course, mm-hmm. like, yeah. falls off. Um, and like I had a few broken bones, but nothing like that serious. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, but as a kid, people didn't like this was 20 years ago so people weren't so open about um coaching each other through those confidence issues and it was like I could see all my friends going and jumping and galloping up hills and having fun and I just felt really Mm -hmm. like there was something wrong with me because Mm -hmm. I couldn't get myself to do that I just mentally couldn't do it and it was really really hard because it was like I love this sport I love these horses and everyone else is doing all these things what's wrong with me why can't I and there Mm -hmm. wasn't like in New Zealand um even now dressage is still really small especially when you compare it to eventing and show jumping um you know like a big show for us is around 200 250 horses so it's not and I mean that's partly because each test takes its time so there's only so many you can fit in a day but you know through at the lower levels um you know there'll be 30 to 40 in a class in a big show Hmm. but at the higher levels we have you know if we get six Grand Prix horses that's quite a lot um, oh, wow. Well, I mean, not a lot, but what you'd expect if we had eight, and I think that would be heaps. So you can see, like in a pre-St. George class, even if we have like 15 to 20 riders, that's a lot. Um, so as a kid wanting to do dressage, it just wasn't something that people did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone was into jumping. We Now there are a few more kids out there and there's pony classes and sure. more supported for kids. But um I think like we just didn't talk about it and so so of course like go being an adult and I'd growing up with that whole like we didn't talk about it kind of yeah yeah I we don't share our experiences so much with other people we don't talk about our failures and I I think part of it's we're probably a little bit embarrassed about it Mm -hmm. um and part of it is that we always want to look like we're winning and And that's definitely, I think, social media, um, you know, like we've always wanted to share our highlights, but I really like in the last like maybe two or three years, people have been a little bit more honest about actually what it takes to get through, even even just as a really average rider, even yeah. as a happy hacker, you're still going to mm-hmm. have terrifying experiences. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I, there's <laughs> moments and, and I mean, it's, Riding is, um, it takes a fair amount of not just physical courage, but mental and emotional courage too. I mean, and with all of your experiences, like, did you feel it was, did it just feel like a really natural pull to then just move into the mental and performance coaching? Like, did it, did it feel pretty easy since you were, you've already like lived this, like you can speak to it so naturally? Yeah, I think um, it was actually not conscious for me. Mm. So I think three, you know, um, I'm just trying to think. I think it was about, yeah, three years ago, um, we had just moved to our property that we live at now. So it was our first home. 
Um, and we've got 10 acres of land, which mm. is four and a bit hectares. Yeah. Um, and so we'd been here about six months and I was experiencing a really tough time with being bullied by some other riders. Mm. Um, and and it was a small group. It was three of them. And they're, they're much older than me and they should know better, but they've sure. obviously got their insecurities and they felt like I was a target for them. Mm. Um, and so it was really hard because I felt really down about it and I felt really alone. And I had been actually going to therapy for, I'd say about a year, maybe, um, maybe less, maybe a bit less, I'm not sure. But I was starting to sort of walk in my own truth a little bit more about some stuff that had happened in my past. And um, I was starting to own it. I was starting to walk in that path of courage is what I would say it is. And mm -hmm. um, so I ended up just saying like, and I'd been through some really dark times prior to this is kind of just coming out of it. Um, and I had been in a place where I was like trying to figure out if life was actually worth it. And so I, you know, things were getting a little bit better, but I definitely mm -hmm. had some pretty dark months before that. And I just thought it made me really angry because I thought, you know, if these people had done this a couple of months before, mm. and of course, no one, no one on the outside knew what I was going through, maybe just a very few people. But I'm like, because I try to always act like yeah. I'm positive and I'm happy and I don't want anyone mm -hmm. to think that anything's wrong. And that's always been my defense. And so I just felt really angry at that point because I was like, you don't know what someone's going through in their personal yeah. life or internally. And mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are really private about their mental health struggles and stuff. And it is yeah. becoming more openly talked about, but even three years ago, it wasn't talked about. And so I ended up actually just um, writing a post on my personal page. And I was like, you know, you, I can't like remember the specifics, but the gist of it was just like, you don't know what someone's going through. Like, this is what I've been battling for the last, however long, I don't even know right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, and these people have been saying these things about me that are untrue. Mm. And, you know, it's, you just have to be so careful and you, and why are we bullying each other? It's just mm -hmm. ridiculous. And, and so that's kind of where it started for me. I, I got a lot of support from that. I got a lot of people that were like quite shocked because they just didn't know that I'd been through, yeah you know, depression and, and anxiety on the level that I had been. So mm. I guess it was natural from the point that it kind of just, evolved from there and then mm -hmm. at the end of that year I ended up making my page on Facebook Dreamtime Dressage um and then I like you know blogged a lot more about stuff like that yeah um and I, and I blogged a lot more then than I do now mm -hmm. um so I guess in some ways you could say it was natural um because I gathered a lot of support from people and in turn I offered a lot of support and it wasn't one-on-one -on -one support but it was just yeah. Um, putting out my story and and things that were helping me at the time and and just things that I'd been through and I think mm -hmm. that I started realizing I wasn't alone because yeah. I suddenly had all these people coming out of the woodwork that were saying oh my god like I can really relate to what you're saying 
um, you know, you're inspiring me just because people don't talk about this and, and, you know, now you're giving me the courage to actually address some of my own things. And it was a kind of, um, I was, I was putting it out there to own my story. Cause I thought, well, if I own it, no one else can use that against me because I yeah. put it out there. Oh, wow. Kind of so powerful. So I was yeah. doing it for that reason, like for my own, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to call it selfish, it was for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I realized, oh my God, like there's all these other people coming on now and they're relating to this, which is awesome. It's sad, but it's actually really awesome too because mm-hmm. we've got that sort of collective um responsibility to each other so yeah it kind of it evolved it Mm -hmm. was I guess natural because I do speak from personal experience um Mm -hmm. as well as like now I've got some education behind me um sure yeah but yeah like I mean and I still go to I still speak to my psychologist um Mm -hmm. I think I've been seeing her for maybe four years now um then I go to her like every two or three weeks and she's a sports psychologist so we while she helped me through my therapy um my clinical stuff we now just work on sport mainly Mm -hmm. um and yeah like so that helps me but I also go in there sometimes and I'm just like blah 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 blah. but it's you got it yeah like it's amazing though to have that um outlet right I mean and I think that's so cool what you're saying about we have to do these things just for us also that's personal. And because there's no way we can serve and help someone else unless we take care of what's with us and within. And, and you were saying, Oh, maybe it's selfish, but I would flip it on its head even and say, isn't it selfish to keep it in? Because when you put it out there, that's when we get to help the world, right? That's when other writers see and say, Oh yeah. Like one of the things, one of my, um, um, uh, coaches has told me is remember to go serve because what is most personal is most general. Like yeah. really we're all going through yeah. the same stuff in various degrees. So just like be out there. And I mean, that is amazing. You know, like yeah. you stepped out and shared in a time when even more than now, when there's so much, um, judgment in the world you know and it's just stepping up and being courageous again and I mean like it started this now entire other avenue for you this other part of your journey and you're helping so many writers I mean how cool is this yeah it is cool it is cool and like sometimes I don't see that so much because a lot of Mm -hmm. you know what I put out there is in the form of like Facebook or social media posts so which I actually really like I I do like Mm -hmm. the putting the message out there and I don't necessarily have to receive anything back from Mm -hmm. people because I know that even if you know no one says oh I can relate to that I know that there are people that are out there relating to it and sometimes they're not in a position where they can put that give that feedback back to you but it's really helping them but like I had um a client the other day say to me you know I don't I'm doing this and that with my job and she she's feeling like her life is in a lot of chaos um and she's a really high up um person in a a really successful company um 
and she said like I just don't feel that I'm I'm serving for other people I don't feel like I'm giving back to my community and I said well we all are in some way I mean you just doing this work on yourself is impacting mm -hmm. other people like you can't yeah, so my nana for example who you know she has a little house on my parents property and we go and visit her and and mum sees her every day and stuff but she doesn't actually go out there and she's not volunteering in the community or anything like that like she's mm -hmm. a nana and um I said to my client I said you know my nana who isn't like on the face of it doing much mm -hmm. she's still giving a lot back to my family just by mm -hmm. being there and just by being her so anytime that you're doing work on yourself and mm -hmm. the interactions that you have with other people is going to positively influence the community and it might not be like you know some people are out there they are giving to charity they are volunteering their time and that's awesome mm -hmm. But not everyone can do that, but you can mm -hmm. positively influence society by being a good person and, and working through your own battles. And then when you have the courage and you have the capacity to do so, like sharing with others, I think that you can't underestimate how important that is. Totally, totally. Yeah, and I was thinking about that too with um, like even writers, like, okay, I'm, I'm an amateur a lot of uh, you listening at home, you're amateurs, some of you pros, some of you trainers, some of you very, very just casual writers, which are all awesome, amazing things. But something I like to talk about is like writers are leaders in our community as well and setting yeah. up that yeah. courageous example for each other. And, and to me, like we're all serving each other by being a part of this community. And it's not just mm -hmm. like, okay, we were brave. We got on the horse. We did the thing. We competed. We went over a jump. We, we were on an 18 hand ball of fire around the dressage court, whatever it is. Like all of that is so amazing and intense, but I think there's this whole other layer of it with, um, the courage it takes to even show up, I think like at the barn in a certain way in order to bring in positivity and the right environment and the right culture and the lack of judgment and acceptance or even like to push against um you know some of the things that maybe are happening in our industry I mean I don't know mm -hmm. how common it is like in in New Zealand if it's a thing but like soaring in the U.S. Yeah. you know like stuff like that where like you have to push against the grain and yeah. stand up and say nope we're doing new things we're changing like that's not, I mean, that's not physical courage, you know, yeah. that's it's, something else. Yeah. And to me, that's more important where writers need to show up and, and mm. live with courage from in the equestrian community. Right. Yeah. I agree with you. I mean, like the whole horse welfare thing to me is really important. Like I think mm. I even said to my trainer yesterday, like when I was riding Ruby, like I mean, and you can apply this to any of the horses. Like, you know, mm -hmm. my ultimate dream is to ride at Grand Prix. And one day, if I can represent my country doing that, then that is actually a huge cherry on top of an amazing cake. But, um, you know, like I said, you know, we don't know if they're going to do it. But I said to mm -hmm. Christine, like, if we get Ruby to advance or pre-St. George, uh, like she should do that easy. Like it's mm -hmm. not 
going to be a huge push for her to do that. But if we get her through there, even if we get her to enter two, and we think, okay, like we could push her to Grand Prix, but if this is not going to be the right thing for her, if it's going to break her in mm -hmm. mentally or physically, then that's not something I want to do. I don't want to get to Grand Prix at all costs. Like I don't want to break my horse to do it. Um, because they just mean too much to me. And I mean, if I'm 80 and I've never done it because I didn't have a horse that physically could do it or mentally could do it, I'm still going to be happy with that. If I get to 80 and I did it, and I did it a few times on different horses and I did get to my ultimate dream of representing my country, well, then that's awesome as well. Mm -hmm. But it's not the whole thing for me. Like, mm -hmm. I think, you know, and, and you talk about even you know breeding and stuff it's mm -hmm. like I look at breeding as in I'm trying to find good bloodlines that will suit me as a rider and suit the mm -hmm. horses that I've got to breed right but it's not about breed for me like if the cart horse was the horse that was going to take me to Grand Prix I'd breed that like really? you know what I mean like Signed it's up. Not, <laughs> yeah like I'm not like oh I have to have a warm blood or oh it mm -hmm. has to be this or that it's actually just about trying to find a horse that's going to be sound yeah. in mind and body um, but you know, like I agree with you. Like I, even with Geo, like when I spent so much time doing groundwork, like people at dressage were laughing at me for doing that. Uh, mm -hmm. And I thought, well, my horse is insane. <laughs> <He's got laughs> and you know, like I've got to actually, I've got to do this if I'm going to produce them to do anything. Right. That's fairly obvious to me. But also, um, if I don't do this, I'm going to end up with an absolute nutcase of a horse that you probably can't do anything with. Mm -hmm. And that's not what I want for my horse. Like mm -hmm. I want, I want him to be able to lead a life that he feels good about as well. Right. So they don't have any control of their lives. Like that's all so crazy. Like we can mm -hmm. get up in the morning and say, we're doing this or that, or we don't like our job anymore. We're going to quit. Yeah. They don't get to actually like they can tell us that in so many ways, but we have to be open to listening to them. Yep. So, you know, like, I mean, we don't have soaring and stuff in New Zealand. I mean, I definitely mm -hmm. see it. You know, I've known about it for a long time sure. via the internet, but mm -hmm. even on a very small level, like it's not outwardly, you know, abusive. Mm -hmm. You still have to, that's my dog wiggling. <laughs> the puppy's you getting in on to, the action um, here. <laughs> You still have to, you know, be responsible for your horse and the welfare of it. And mm -hmm. and if they need a new job, they need a new job, you know, right. and that's okay. Like it might break our hearts a little bit, mm -hmm. but it's going to break. Like I know for me, it's going to break me even more if I haven't looked after my horse and I've, and I've broken right. it or I've done something to it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like I haven't been responsible to that horse. So yeah. you do have to act with courage, like even from that point of view. Um, even mm -hmm. sometimes just going against your own thoughts is courage. Like, you know, like yeah. I know I know that even, um, I, you know, I've seen riders that have had horses and they've been pushing for a huge event. Then their horses had colic or it's had a lameness issue. And I know that it must be so hard to say, okay, I'm going to pull out of the running for the Olympics or WEG or whatever, mm -hmm. but they should have, like, you know, they should have done that. And instead they pushed on um, and they didn't end up getting there anyway, but there was still expense to the horse. Like, right. you know, it should like things like that shouldn't happen. And so 
even that is acting out of courage you know I think mm -hmm. that it's quite cowardly to keep pushing on when the horse isn't right in some way um and even if it costs you your dream for that year mm -hmm. it's it, that that's not for you at that time in your life so you have to have the courage to say I'm not going to keep pushing my horse I'm going to pull out of mm -hmm. whatever it is that you're doing and I'm going to reassess and I'm going to start again if I have to or if I miss out I miss out you know like right. the Olympics or WEG or horse of the year or nationals or whatever it is that you're sure. doing it shouldn't be ahead of your horse mm -hmm. so yeah. sometimes courage is just battling yourself as well like oh I think that's that's a really good point that's a really good point because yeah we can be our I hate the expression our own worst enemy but like we can yeah. our our subconscious mind and our conscious mind can be out having yeah. two chats with each other about what they want to do and then when our our you know intuition or what you feel in your gut gets involved and you kind of it can become a little messy it can be a yeah. little hard to hear or feel or really yeah. know what your like deep down what's the value here what's the goal what's really really yeah. truly important to me and and the external world can look really shiny and you just keep going for it when you say yeah, act with courage and it's not going backwards. I think that's the thing of it. It's like sometimes like, yeah, like I, you just keep pushing because you're on that path. You feel like you're committed and the courageous yeah. thing to do is say, okay, time out. But sometimes that feels maybe hard to do because it can seem yeah. like, what's the story you're going to tell yourself about it? Oh, well, I was a quitter or this means yeah. I failed yeah. or I lost or now I'm going backwards or like, all these BS stories that we dump on ourselves yeah. and now we feel bad. Yeah. Like, no, like you should feel, you know, how do we chat with ourselves to feel good then about that choice yeah. when you're deviating yeah. from this huge path and dream, you know? Yeah. And I think that's where we get really stuck. We want to think of it as black and white mm, and actually yeah. most of the life, our life is great. Like you can, feel good about that you made a good decision for your horse and also be disappointed that you missed out on whatever it was that you missed out like mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be black or white it can yeah. actually just be gray like and it can be bittersweet and I think you know we're all going to experience that as riders if we do this long enough especially you know I'm talking from a competitive point of view um right. and but I'm sure there's times that you know people that hack around on trails and stuff uh, they're going to miss out on a big ride or something because their horse is lame. Oh, yeah. Right. So, I mean, you can yeah. apply it to anything and you can Every apply level. it to yeah. life. Yeah. And it's mm -hmm. not, and I mean, that's something I've struggled with too. I've wanted, I've often in life wanted things to be black and white. Um, but it's been, it's been able to sit with discomfort, have tolerance for it that, you know, this hasn't turned out what I wanted it to be. Um, and that's going to happen most of the time mm -hmm. <laughs> when we're pushing for something that yep. is, is not going to turn out how you wanted it to be. Um, and that can even be a score in dressage. It can be, you know, your show jumping around. It can be anything. Um, 
you know, it's going to be very rare that you go out there and you actually just nail it. And mm -hmm. then the judge agrees with you. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> you know, and the weather was perfect and the footing was perfect and everything, the stars mm -hmm. just aligned. And the angel sang. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen that often. Yeah. So yeah. when we, it does happen, we've got to cherish those moments and we've got to really bottle them and, and nurture them. And when that doesn't happen or we've gone and we've gone out and I don't like to use the word fail, but mm -hmm. we failed yeah. in some way. It could, it might not even be that you got a bad score. It could be that your horse spooked at something that could be the end of the world for you. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we've got to go out and fail and we've got to increase our tolerance for that discomfort or we're not going to grow. And right. And I think that is part of sitting in the gray area too. And, and, you know, a lot of the decisions we're going to have to make throughout our careers are not going to be easy ones. Um, right. Very true. Very true. It's just sitting with that and being okay with it and just mm -hmm. saying life's not perfect. And like, mm -hmm. I'm here for the whole life experience. So to me, the whole life experience is the ups and the downs and I'm not saying I'm going to like the downs, like I'm probably going to hate it, but it's part of the life experience. Right. It, um, it, it passes through. It's just, yeah. but you have to know the downs a little bit to also see the ups. Like yeah. there's, there's a difference here. There's change, there's variance. Yeah. And then you appreciate the other even yeah. more. And, and those failings that you have, like I remember uh, when I was really afraid of competing mm -hmm. and you know Geo was at level five so advanced medium um, by then and I was just making any excuse that I couldn't compete um, any reason that I couldn't compete I was happy to not compete like I was so happy to enter shows and then and I'd be like yes I'm gonna do it I'm gonna work myself up to it I'm gonna train mm -hmm. hard la -da, da da and then I get to it and I'd be like oh I can't do it for this reason or I can't do it for that reason right. and in the end like that's when I started working with my sports psychologist and she said mm -hmm. to me you actually just need to go out there and no matter what you need to ride through the test the whole test you can't retire you need to get down your center line and do it and I literally went out every mm -hmm. weekend um for I don't know how long ages it was months and months I went out every weekend rain hail or shine because I started this in the winter. So there's a lot yeah. of photos of me riding <laughs> at the pouring rain at a show. <laughs> and I went and did it. And, you know, like, actually, I learned that. I learned to almost love failing. I learned to just go out there. And every weekend, it made me mm -hmm. better for the next weekend. Because, you know, Geo is, he is a little bit unreliable. He does let me down a little bit. And saying mm -hmm. that, I let him down a lot too. So it's a little bit of both of us uh -huh. um, letting each other down in my inexperience too. And, you know, I had a trainer at the time that encouraged me to push him through the levels too fast. If I could go back, and I know we all say this, but if I could mm -hmm. go back for it and start any horse again, it would yeah. be that horse. And I think I'm always going to say that because I think you know as difficult as he has been in many ways and he would have been difficult for any rider um mm -hmm. you know he does need a rider with a lot of feel and a lot of sim sympathetic riding in many ways that you still have to you know make him do it as well um uh -huh. 
like so he wasn't an easy horse I'm not going to pretend that but sure if I could go back and start again oh my god <laughs> there would be so many things oh. I'd do differently and like poor Gio like he he has been with me through my biggest learning I think I'm always like we're always going to learn but he is probably the one that I've learned the most on mm-hmm. uh, and you know our first horses are probably always going to be like that but you know like just what like I spent a long time trying to find a trainer that suited us yeah um I would never push a horse through the levels as quickly as I did with him again mm-hmm. um you know like there's just a lot of holes in the training because of that and but in saying that like I learned a lot I learned that it's okay to go out and get your ass kicked mm-hmm. and then you can get back up and you've got more fire for the next time and right. you learn like you know okay I didn't ride the test well and my marks reflected that I'm still learning that now I shouldn't <laughs> learn by now but I'm still learning that um and so I think you know that's where having the courage to push yourself into that growth zone where actually mm-hmm. yeah you might not win on the day and that's okay like it's not about the day it's about the journey yeah. is the trajectory going upwards or are you just searching for shows that you can win at? And right. it's like, even someone said to me the other day, um, and I don't want this to come across in the wrong way, but you know, they were talking about all the rugs that they won. And uh-huh. I said, I wish I had that problem. Like I, I have never <laughs> won a rug. And she goes, and this is a girl that's ridden at really low, low, low level. And uh-huh. that's fine. Like, that's fine. If, you, if that's what you want to do, I'm not judging you for that, right. but you know, Perfect. I've been riding mm-hmm. at a level where I show up and <laughs> in my class are all the Grand Prix riders on the young horses and then there's me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always just stoked if I can finish anywhere near them. And and if I get a ribbon, I get a ribbon. Like that's so cool. Sure. It's so hard to win a rug and and <laughs> what I'm doing. And she said to me, oh, you know, you, I never won rugs anyway until I found my forte, but like, if you keep trying, you'll get there. And I just thought, but to me, <laughs> winning a rug, doing that is not winning. Mm-hmm. So to me, winning, even if I end up 10th in a really competitive class in dressage, that's a win. Right. So it doesn't have to be about the ribbon. It doesn't have to be about the title. It, your wins could be literally anything. But to me, it's like the progression on an ever-long lasting journey. You know, we see yeah. Olympians in our sport that are in their 60s so mm. it's like I'm thinking oh well I've got 30 more years to go <laughs> you know <laughs> lots of time so, yeah so it's like I've got plenty of time to do a lot of hard work before then but you know it's like to get to that point you have to fail a little bit and that's just how it's going to be you know um, yeah well I mean and it's it's the, the showing up part of it I think like as you were mentioning it was and, and like with Gio it was like he caused you to show up in a different way like if it had been yeah. a totally easier ride you wouldn't have gone through these exercises and steps and experiences that have helped form you into what you are today. And I think like, like you were talking about before, you know, the steps you take to build even the habits to start to show up a little more with purpose and a little more with courage. You said, I forget your exact words, but you're like, it's the baby steps, right? It's you go and you drop two steps and that's the win, you know? And yeah, 
I love that. Cause like, I, I mean, I'm the same way. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this huge thing. I'm going to accomplish this huge thing and oh, great. It's not working out so well. So now I'm going to beat myself up and I'm going to chicken out and I'm going to avoid it because I don't want the pain. And I'm like, well, that's not, that's not the bold attitude. That's not the courageous way of being and how unfulfilled then is my life going to be because I've hit in this place. Right. And yeah, that's the thing. Like that's the thing about avoidance is that it feels good at the time because we have avoided the thing that was making us anxious. So we feel good about it at the time. So we actually get that hit of dopamine that we Mm -hmm. get from avoiding something. And so that's what it was like for me, like with the entering shows and not going, every time I scratch, I felt this wave of relief and it was like a hit of dopamine um, because I didn't have to do what I didn't want to do. But the problem with avoidance is that you get to a point where your world is so, so, so small because it's systematically just over time shrunk every part of you until you're not doing anything anymore. And so that's where we do have to be really careful that um, we are living from that place of courage and, Mm -hmm. you know, we're always going to have times where we avoid the thing we don't want to do. Yeah. (laughs) And then we should think, oh that's not living with courage that's not what I'm about okay I'm not going to do that again next time not beat ourselves up about it but you know just think okay I'm learning from that and and it's the same like you know when we talk about building courage um Mm -hmm. what like I think that as writers like we tend to focus on what went wrong yeah a lot more than what went well and so I think that some people think I'm crazy and like, you know, I probably am. <laughs> and a, <laughs> crazy and is good. Crazy yeah. is what shakes things up. <laughs> and I kind of think like, that's a superpower in its own way. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think some people think I'm crazy because like, I'll go into something and even if it's not good, I'll come out and I'll be like, this was good. This was good. This was good. I'm yeah. always trying to fire towards that positive way of thinking. Mm-hmm. I before I look at anything that went wrong, I look at what went right. And so I do that because I am training my brain to fight Mm -hmm. towards the positive things. And I'm also holding on to those things that went well. So I have confidence, like I'm building confidence all the time to try again. And Mm -hmm. then the things that didn't go wrong, I don't look at like, I used to beat myself up about it. Now I just go, I just need to work harder and I need to make sure I'm out in that arena every day dotting my I's and crossing my T's and and like working harder is not thrashing yourself to the point that you're burnt out it's Mm -hmm. not that but it's like okay I just need to be a little bit more diligent about my way of training and Mm -hmm. and I need to reset my mindset a little bit here so it's not then it doesn't become this negative thing it's just part of the journey you know like we didn't start out perfect we don't come with a manual we actually have to learn about what makes us tick as people Mm -hmm. and we also have to develop our minds a little bit as well and and so I just think of it as this ever evolving stage of growth and there's going to be a lot of ups and downs that come with that and Mm -hmm. actually that's fine you know like yeah it's okay totally (laughs) okay yeah yeah I mean it's that total journey and 
And I think the thing about it is too, is that we're not cruising along in this community by ourselves. Like we're not operating in a vacuum. And I think yeah. that's what can be so, um, one, liberating for writers and two, also just like doubling up on the power of it because, you know, fellow writers can help each other to yeah. bring up that confidence to get out there and show up, you know, yeah. in all the ways, not just in competition, yeah. but in all the ways that our community sees to support each other. I mean, I think that's, that's where it's at. And that's why I talk, you know, again, about like writers as leaders is that we're leaders to each other as much yeah. as to ourselves. Yeah. And I think it's really easy to get competitive with others. And like, mm -hmm. I, yeah, you know, I can reflect on a time where I was competing in the same level with a friend and, you know, like, I think that if you looked at the results, she probably bet me more, but we were both like, we were on par with each other um and I remember like even though she was she and she still is like such a great friend to me I remember being like competitive against her in my mind and it actually like it, it took up so much space mm. that I didn't even do my job properly um when mm -hmm. I was in the ring and but I think you know like no one is going to be at the top all the time like we all have our time in the sun and so it's not about you know trying to be others it should just be about improving and focusing on your own game uh -huh. you know yeah. know your own boat go yeah. out there and and be friendly with your peers and stuff and encourage each other and like helping someone else up is not going to change anything about yourself so yeah. you know it's not like in a negative way I mean like it's not if you help someone with their warm-up, that's not going to um, reflect poorly on you. It's not going right. to make them beat you. You know, if they beat you, they beat you. Yeah, <laughs> You'll beat them one exactly. other time. But, you know, exactly. it's not, yeah, like we've got to be a little bit more positive about the way that we think about these things. For sure, for sure. And it's um something I could wax on about for quite a while, but also just this idea of, of you know, care concern and giving in our equestrian community and yeah yeah by pulling someone down you're only pulling yourself down by lifting yeah. someone up you're lifting yourself up and them and your entire community so which is better yeah. right and and then it's the reciprocity of just your energy in a good way a supportive way going out that's going to come back to you from somewhere you know yeah. like yeah. You just drain yourself dry like you know it, it, i don't know if people they get worried about that with yeah if I help someone else then I just gave them an advantage and now I'm screwed yeah. I'm like no no, yeah. no 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 that's not the place to work from and so. and also helping someone else you're not losing anything it's not like you're no. giving away something uh -uh. yeah you know you're just helping someone else that's mm -hmm. all it is and yep. and like you know I also think like you play small you stay small so if you want to mm -hmm. go out and win lots of ribbons uh, I mean, by all means, go and do that. Go to small yeah. shows. If that's your boat, go for it. Yeah, mm -hmm. if that's what you want, if that, if you want a pretty wall, cool. I'm all for that. But mm -hmm. I also think like, you know, it's nice to look at a start list and go, okay, I've got a really good shot here that I can do well. Mm -hmm. But it's also really inspiring to look at a start list and go, 
oh my god there's so <laughs> many good riders and horses in this class I'm mm -hmm. really gonna have to bring it yeah and like I feel like goosebumps even now talking about it because mm -hmm. you know you don't want to be the strongest person in the room yeah I always think like you want to be hustling hard to work up to their level if, if you're against a whole lot of people that are equal or maybe not as skilled as you how are you going to you're not going to be inspired to work hard you're just going to cruise through it and win mm -hmm. but if you're actually like in a class that's really strong and you know that you're going to have to bring it if you're even going to get close to them you're going to be out there training hard at home you're going to be doing everything that you need to be doing you're not going to be out there chilling yeah <laughs> you know resting on your laurels and bringing home a ribbon so I mean I, I mean we all have our different goals some people some people do want the easy class but I think if you want to grow and you want to be the best that you can be and you want to find out where your potential really is mm -hmm. then you need to be putting yourself in situations where you're not going to win all the time right and get and out of that comfort zone that's where the yeah. growth is yeah yeah absolutely yeah for sure for sure and I think the more we have these conversations, I think the more we're going to see some of these shifts, I think, with our fellow riders and just a little bit of evolving with our community. And just, I think, how powerful, how very powerful that's going to be. And yeah. so, I mean, what's the next thing coming for you then, too? I mean, you got any exciting things planned? <laughs> I mean, I know you're now in the winter, so it can be a little, yeah. you know, um, a little chill, but... Yeah, so yeah, so we're about we don't our season doesn't start till October. Mm -hmm. So it's actually not that far away. Um Golly, I just I guess not. <laughs> yeah, like I know it feels like it is because I still think of it as being the start of the year, but it's yeah. not. Um so yeah, like last week I gave my horses a week off. I'll probably give them another week off. Um end of August yeah. just you know freshing all of us up for the season I'm I'm really that person that will like go hard in winter and then put out at the start of the season so <laughs> this year I'm definitely not gonna do that but um yeah like for me I've got you know I've, I've got Geo at home I'm I have no plans to compete him mm. I'm just really enjoying just mastering my skills um mm -hmm. and he's an awesome horse he knows all the tricks so I'm really really lucky that I get to um be able to ride something that's a little older and more established um yeah. but you know he he's tricky to compete and I've got mm -hmm. young horses that I really need to focus my resources and my time on and like I can only take two to a show so yeah um it's not going to be him. So that's just the reality of it. Um, yeah. And also I think, you know, it winds me up a little bit. Um, I just, I still have not been able to get my head around competing him. Like mm. I've, well, I mean, I've competed him a lot and like, you know, we, we won a lot at those small shows that I was talking about. <laughs> we did okay at some of the bigger ones too, but you know, I kind of think, think is a new start for me with my younger horses so yeah I have to, I have to be sensible I have to focus on them yeah um, but, you know I take geo to lessons and stuff he's awesome I can train on him at home I can practice tests so uh -huh. I'm really really lucky to have that training ground and then like with Ruby so she's um 
she was like a late foal so she's like six and a half now I've just started her at medium level yeah. um well I mean I haven't started her I've done a dressage New Zealand squad day where I rode her at medium level uh and had the judges <laughs> judge her. so, so we've done a <laughs> test. Like, yeah kind of um and that was really, yeah yeah exactly like it, yeah. it was really good like she's still so young um so yeah she'll come out and I'll probably take her and Jet to some spring shows just to get them in the groove of things sure uh, and then we'll have our first premier league in October um I'll take them both Jet he is rising six this year he is you know he's do only done one show he mm -hmm. only went out in April uh he was really good but the thing with him is that I I'm not worried about the age with him like he just needs to go out and be yeah. confident and have a really nice time at the shows I mm -hmm. you know I probably could try and push him up a little bit higher level but he's going to go out at the bottom and he's going to do a season at the bottom. And yeah. I just want him to learn like shows are fun. Yeah. Um, and then, and then from there, like he's, he's, he's awesome. Like there's mm -hmm. nothing going to stop him, but he just needs, he's the kind of horse, like he just needs a partner mm -hmm. and he's really cool, but he's also only brave if his ride is brave. So if yeah. you back off him, you're going to have a huge issue. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, so, and I'm totally fine with that. It's not a worry to me, but I want him to, I really want him to go out there and think mm -hmm. he's awesome when he's in the ring. Um, so, you know, there's no huge, like the challenge for him is just going to be going out. It's not going to be what goes on in the ring. So, yeah. you know, like so it's still for me, like I think, I think they'll both be competitive at their levels, but you know, they're young. So we're not doing anything amazing. Like we're just gonna go out there and do our best. And yeah. um yeah, so like we don't have anything huge coming up, but we are training um as if we do because yeah. I want to make sure we get in when we get well, to that first premium in October yep. that I feel good right. about it. Like I want to go in confident, you know. <laughs> yeah, oh for sure. I mean <laughs> And then when it all is lined up, it'll be just that much stronger. Yeah. I mean, you're giving them such a great foundation. I mean, and I, I love that, yeah. you know, that, yeah, like your confidence is instilling confidence, like in Jet and all of your horses and, and yeah, that's so important. Then they can, they can do anything, you know, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, like they, yeah. they're all at their own mm -hmm. stage. So it's like, you know, Ruby as a six-year-old was doing more than Jet will be doing in terms of competition as a six-year-old mm -hmm. but I wouldn't be surprised if they both pop it out at advanced level at the same time like yeah. even though they're a year apart and he had a slower start mm -hmm. it's not it's not that doesn't you know dictate anything they catch up when they catch up you know yeah. they all turn out where they should turn out so yeah. for me it's just I really want them to have a good time and like I thought it was going to be a bit of a push to get Ruby up to medium by the season but like she's already done it now and mm -hmm. the things that I need to work on were all rider era so I'm really feeling good about that like <laughs> yeah. um especially because like this last season gone she did novice level um so we've gone up two levels and like at novice even at the end of the season I still didn't she's a huge mover and I still didn't have grips with her trot ah. um so she would look 
you know, if I didn't have her in the correct balance and because she's so big, she would come up looking every now and then a little irregular and a little insecure. And, and so mm. even at the, like, even in February, end of February, March, I still didn't have that. And so when I, you know, like my trainer said to me, do medium, which is two levels up, I was really worried. Like, I was like, oh, the trot, it's always been a real issue for us. And like, you know, she's a really bold horse. And so obviously there's a little bit more to do in these tests. But then the judges um, never once said the quality wasn't there for level four. So I'm feeling really good that in the last few months, she's really come on. Um, she's obviously got a lot stronger. Her quality is a lot better. So now I feel like, okay, well, now we're just refining movements and we're yeah. refining test writing so it's mm -hmm. that's actually a lot easier to do than like manufacturing a trot and all of this stuff so yeah, sure. um yeah so I mean it's it's not I mean it's exciting for me but I don't yeah. think it's exciting for other people at the moment <laughs> but um yeah like I think everybody can like, relate it's like those little steps and and those little victories of like oh I had a clean canter depart or I got yeah. this or I got that or like we had a beautiful carriage and he was really in self-carriage and like oh like yeah the, all the special little small bits and pieces that we all love as riders like totally wins totally wins. yeah and, and so it, it's just that it's just putting yeah. small things together every day I mean yeah. we're not even aiming for one percent improvement because that's still too much it's like point one percent improvement every yeah. day and then <laughs> some days they'll go backwards but you know usually you're going forward and mm -hmm. that's just it like it's yeah. you know it takes a long time to get a horse up through the levels so mm -hmm. we're sure. talking years and years like <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah so yeah. um yeah that like we're not we're not big timers yet but hopefully one day we might be <laughs> Well, I mean, I think it's really cool to watch. And I mean, I enjoy watching your guys' progress. It's super fun. Oh, and um, so where then can people kind of keep tabs on all the cool things happening with you to get in touch with you for coaching? Yeah. Um, folks go? Like, so my main um, social media that I'm active on is at Dreamtime Dressage on both Instagram and Facebook. Um, Facebook, I'm probably a little bit more active on. Uh, just because like sometimes I'll write a longer post that doesn't fit on Instagram and so I don't I don't um, Fair <laughs> you know, enough. Like, I'm not even gonna post on Instagram which is not the right attitude but that's what I do so yeah so my main thing is Dreamtime Dressage and um, you can get in touch with me there um, my website's on there so awesome. all my contact details are there if um, anyone yeah wants to do coaching I do mm -hmm uh zoom sessions um mainly i'm just on zoom or phone call mm -hmm. but yeah local people can come to my place but um yeah like i most people i coach aren't from around here like right, locally right. So, yeah so that's the great thing about the time that we live in is i think the one good thing that's come out of covid is everyone's got on zoom <laughs> that's true we got a little more connected i mean it's fun to do the international thing that's gotten really easy yeah. <clears throat> all that yeah. and makes it really great and i know um yeah. yeah you've got a lot of really cool um insights and other information on your site to help guide people and get their feet wet and some things for them to start thinking about um yeah. 
with their writing and strategies and the performance and the, the, the skill sets and growth. So definitely I encourage everybody listening, go check it out. It's a lot of great stuff. And <laughs> so I'm sure everybody pulled some really cool little nuggets out of my chat with Ashley today. I mean, we covered a whole bunch of stuff I know for sure, but I mean, really great topic to get into about our courage and our journeys. So Wow. 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 So thank you, Ashley. This is amazing. This is truly amazing. And I'm so glad you came on and chatted with me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's like always, yeah, so great to talk about this stuff and, and hopefully it gets some people thinking and um, yeah. Yeah. No, I just love it. I love talking about it. <laughs> it shows. It totally shows. <laughs> and that's so great just to have the passion and see the passion. So this is awesome. So, hey, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. And I look forward to having you around for our next one coming up in a little while. So stay tuned and have a great ride out there. And you guys make it a great day. Thank you for listening to this entire podcast. If you're the kind of equestrian that likes to help others, then share this with your friends, fellow riders and barn mates. You know, if you've found value, they will too. So please share on your social media channels. Also, if you've got questions or have a topic you'd like to hear about, I'm here to help. You can email me at customerservice at sterling-essentials.com and I may even use your idea on a future podcast episode. Also, if you'd like additional empowering content, connect with me on Instagram at Empowered Equestrian Podcast. Finally, I do have a personal request. If you would please leave a review wherever you listen. And a good one, by the way. I'd be really grateful. And through your assistance together, we can help our equestrian community thrive. Thank you and take care. <laughs>